0: God has a race marked out for each one of us to run and he invites us to endure by fixing our eyes on Jesus who authored and is perfecting and finishing our faith. The great temptation will be to grow weary or discouraged in your souls. Don't be fooled. The enemy is prowling around like a lion seeking whom he might destroyed but Jesus has overcome and so we take heart by looking to him I hope this message encourages you to fix your eyes on Jesus and if you've fallen down to fix your eyes on him again and let him pick you back up be blessed Hey, thanks. Good morning. Everyone say, what's up to Overflow? What's up, Overflow? We love you. Um, I'm gonna jump right in. I got a lot that I felt the Lord wanted to say today. So let's pray. Put your hand on your heart. Jesus put eyes in there. He put eyes in there for you to see him. And um, we we started off the day asking him, And um, I'm just remembering when he was resurrected and he visited the disciples in the upper room. It says, I'm going to read it to you while we're still praying, so just keep your eyes closed. Thank you, Lord. It says, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So I want you to look at Jesus right now and say, open my understanding. Open my understanding. Open my understanding. There is a supernatural reality, Lord, that we need that I cannot do, Jesus. I cannot do. You could make me the most gifted speaker on this planet and I cannot open the understanding. But you can by your spirit. And so I'm asking you, Lord, to fill this room, to fill our hearts. Let your zeal come and rip veils and give us fresh eyes. We want to see you. And Lord, you know that we have to see you. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, You can get your Bibles out. We're gonna go to Hebrews chapter 12. I wanna talk to you about endurance today. I've been thinking lately about what an undervalued value that is in the church to endure. Did you know that we are... We are encouraged to endure 32 times in the New Testament. The implication is that you will not want to endure. Can I just state the obvious? The obvious is that it's going to be hard. Hey, come to church. It's going to be really hard. <laughs> no, truly, there's a, the implication is you're gonna wanna give up. And the Bible says that in the last days that the love of many will grow cold, that people will want to throw in the towel. And so I've been asking the Lord to teach me about endurance. And so I wanna share with you today, Hebrews 12, let's read together verses one, not together, let's look at it together, verses one through three. Although you guys are great readers. That, that prayer time was impressive, am I right? Wow, um, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, they're here now. Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Let's say it, Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, consider who? who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. So I wanna talk about endurance. When Jesus talked about the parable of the seeds, do you remember this parable? How many types of soil were there? There were four types. We want to be the fourth type. The fourth type is the type that fell on good soil. Look at it verse 15, Luke chapter 8 verse 15. It says, "The seed in the good ground." Say that's me. "Lord made me good ground." The seed in the good ground, these are the ones who having heard the word with an honest and good heart hold on to it and by what? Enduring, Enduring Produce fruit. So if we're gonna be a fruitful people, we have to endure. So we're gonna look at a couple of definitions, and then we're gonna talk about how do we endure. So endurance, this word that I said was used 32 times, this is what it means. Ah. Cheerful constancy or patient continuance. Cheerful constancy or patient continuance. This is the long haul. This is the marathon. The body of Christ, we weren't made to sprint. Praise God, I was never a good sprinter. We weren't made to sprint. We were made for the pilgrimage Blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. I'm looking at 120. (laughs) Burning for Jesus. Amen? Cheerful constancy or patient continuance. So we are commanded to run our race with that kind of endurance. Cheerful constancy or patient continuance. And I don't know about you, but as I've read this, I'm like, I can't, I can't, I, I cannot. And I, I've been learning from the Lord that, that I can't is a really good starting place for him. You're in trouble when you can. That's when you're in trouble. So just go ahead and embrace your, I can't. All right, let's look at the beginning of this verse. So I wanna talk to you about the ways how we endure. I feel like there's two main ways that we endure. The first is the beginning of this verse. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's the storyline of God. That's the history of God. That is scripture. Can you put up Romans 15, verse 4? Look at this, this is so awesome. For whatever was written in the past, okay, this is Paul writing Romans, he's talking about the Old Testament. Whatever was written in the past was written for our, talking about us, yes, our what? Our instruction, so that we might have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. So. We we eat the scroll every day not because we're trying to learn a theology but because we're eating of the bread of life that is Jesus and we're finding ourselves in the meta narrative of God. And if you find yourself losing endurance or growing weary maybe one key for you could be Getting back into the meta narrative of scripture that you lose your life somewhere in this big storyline of God, you have a place in there, so we can find hope through endurance in the scriptures. It talks all about that great cloud of witnesses. I had a dream years ago, I was running a race and I was running this race through this hot desert. And there was dust all around me. I knew there were other people running the race with me. But how many of you know, like, you, you, you ain't nobody moving your legs for you? (laughs) You know, we, the, the, the Christian life is undoubtedly communal. Like, we have to do it together, but you also cannot depend on, like, these, you, these got to move, Right? And so in my dream I was running this race, I'm in the desert, and it's dusty, and people are throwing rocks at me and cursing at me while I'm running. And I just kept taking courage that, like, I knew my friends were also running. And they were getting thrown rocks at. And at the end of my race, I'm running, and and I knew it was a long-distance race, because long-distance races end with shoots at the end. It's not like... A big, there may be a finish line, but you run into a shoot. Anybody ever run a long distance race? So you, you, I ran into the shoot and I saw Truman Spring, who, if you don't know, is one of our elders here and spiritual father to us. Um, I saw him at the end of my shoot. He high fived me uh, when I ran into the shoot and I, I, I texted him last night. I said, I have good news. We both made it. <laughs> and you made it before me. So that's even better. <laughs> um, So we're called to run this race with endurance. And I'll be honest with you, in the last, I mean, I've been walking with the Lord for 17 years, and since we started up a room 13 years ago, there have been times where I have just not wanted to be running. I've just thought, this is the race that's been marked out for me. And I thought, I don't really like this. I don't want to do this. I don't think I'm very good at it. I don't think I'm going to make it. <clears throat> but I found someone. So I want to talk to you about him. Because the scripture says, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter. I want you to look at these two words. Look at the word author. And in this version, it says the pioneer, or he's the chief leader. Some versions say he's the source. Oh, I love that. He's the captain. He's the prince of your faith. He found you. Am I right? He called you. He authored something. Scripture talks about how we've been begotten of God, which means that we've been birthed by God. Now I, Hannah, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Today's Hannah's birthday. This is my oldest. (laughs) So 12 years ago and uh, 10 hours ago, 12 years plus 10 hours, I birthed her. And let me tell you, She did nothing to help me. (laughs) I birthed her. And it was stinking hard. Uh, You were so worth it. Listen, Scripture says that God birthed us. We've been born again. And you were just birthed. Like she was. And so, this is what this speaks to. Jesus being the author or the source of your faith. Take comfort in that today. Because he who began a good work. Yeah. He's faithful. When we're faithless. He's faithful. So he's the author and the perfecter. Or the finisher. Or the consummation. Or the completer. Of our faith. Now I want to point out something here. This. This verse doesn't say, fix your eyes on your race. Fix your eyes on your call. Fix your eyes on your team. Fix your eyes on you on your strength training. He says, fix your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on him. That's why Sarah Beth was singing this morning. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I'm rewriting that song because I need to see you. Fix your eyes on him. To fix, oh, look at you. To fix is to turn your eyes away from other things to focus them or fix them on one thing and I've noticed in my own heart when I'm weary or I'm discouraged I noticed that my eyes veered a little bit can I tell you how subtle it can be this is how subtle it can be man I've been fixing my eyes on upper room hmm That's not Jesus. He's here. He loves it. But he, upper room's not eternal. But he is. I've been fixing eyes on what I've been called to do. I've been fixing my eyes on how crappy I am at this. (laughs) I've been fixing my eyes on what someone did to offend me. I've been fixing my eyes on how someone let me down. I've been fixing my eyes on I mean, there were earlier seasons in my life when I, I, I would fix my eyes on the people around me to fulfill me. Was, I could, you could go look up the sermon and when I used to fix my eyes on Michael, he's awesome, but he's not Jesus. <laughs> That's a word for the young person in here. So, let me show you. I just wanna show you in the in Scripture, because Romans 15 says that all of it was written for our, our strengthening, our encouragement, and our endurance. I wanna show you in Scripture how Jesus authored and perfected faith in someone. I wanna look at the life of Peter. <laughs> so, you don't have to flip to all these places. I'll tell you when. But in, in Luke 5 is when, Peter, uh, when Jesus called Peter. Found him fishing. What does he say? What does Jesus say to him? Come follow me. This is Jesus authoring faith. He came and found him. He's like, come follow me. Actually, the way that he does it is so profound. I heard someone mention it when, he's, when he throws... Have you seen that Chosen episode? It's my favorite. When he throws his net to the other side. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This messes me up. So, so this is Jesus authoring faith in Peter. I found you. Come follow me. I will blow you away with how good I am. So, so Peter's like... Uh, leaves everything behind. Goes and follows Jesus. Jesus. Peter saw profound miracles and he's in the inner circle. He went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Like he is in the inn. He's the only other human besides Jesus that walked on water. And like we give him a hard time, but nobody else said, Lord, call me out there. If that's you, call me. And the Lord called him out there, and he steps out of the boat, and he is walking on water. Until what? Until his eyes divert. And he cries out, save me, and the Lord grabs him. His eyes just a little, whoa, it's quite stormy out here. What am I doing? I'm walking on water! Instead of the voice in the face of the one that called him. I want, you to, I want you to go to Luke chapter 22. This is one of my favorite portions of scripture. Starting in verse 31. Let me just set it up. Jesus has been telling them, like, he's going to the cross. It's gonna get really bad. You don't understand all that we've been working for these three years, this is gonna be painful, they don't get it. And there's this moment where Jesus looks at Peter in verse 31, he says, Simon, Simon, look out, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But these are maybe the best words in scripture. (laughs) But I have prayed for you. He's doing that right now. Did you know that? He's doing that right now. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And and then I think this sentence sums up the heart of new covenant prophecy. <laughs> and when you when you've turned back. Wait a minute. Where am I going? He just explicitly say, you're going to turn your back on me, buddy. But he already sees past. He prophesies right into his future and says, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. Peter's like, hang on a minute. Um, Look at verse 33. Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. This is Peter's endurance. This is Peter's zeal and his own, like, I got this, I'm ready. Remember, we walked on water, like, let's go. I tell you, Peter, he said, the rooster will not crow today until you deny three times that you know me. Now I want us to go to the moment that this happened. Look, later in the chapter, Peter's already denied him twice. And look in verse 59. This is the third time Jesus has been arrested. You guys know the story. Then, after about an hour, another kept insisting this man was certainly with him since he's also a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, While he was still speaking. A rooster crowed. Then the Lord. Turned. And looked at Peter. What do you think Jesus was thinking? Why did he make eye contact with Peter? Hey I already told you. I already knew this was going to happen. When you come back. Strengthen your brothers. It's. A thousand words were said in this look. I knew it already, and I loved you anyway. I already saw how you would fail me, and I've loved you anyway, and I have a calling for you. You know, right before this, they had been in the garden. And that's when he asked them to stay awake and pray and they couldn't, they couldn't. I just want you to hear me say today, church, you can't. Like, you don't have what it takes. And like we, we, I don't know, we just worship with all our hearts and, and as we should. But we just have to remember it's all him. You know, they were in the garden and then, the, and then, the, and then Judas comes and the troops come and they, they're ready to get Jesus. And there's Peter's zeal again. He's like, takes out his sword, chops off a dude's ear. I, I, I think that's pretty brave, actually. Like these are the religious elite and the, the ones coming. And he's like, I'm, I told you, Lord, I would go with you and I'm defending you right now. But it it just ran out. I don't know what mile it was, you know. Mile ten, he's like, I ran out. I denied him three times. And even this is this is really key. Even after he saw Jesus resurrected, he's still not. There. Look at, look at the end of uh, the book of John, last chapter of the book of John. Oh, this is the beautiful moment where Jesus is restoring Peter, starting in verse 15. And he's, you know, you've probably heard people preach about how he's restoring those three times of denial by giving him another moment. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. It's beautiful. But look, look in verse 18. After they have this exchange, Jesus says, most assuredly I say to you, he's talking to Peter, When you were younger, you would tie your belt yourself. Wait, where am I? When you were younger, you girded yourself and walked to where you wished. But when you're old, this is another prophetic word. Hear this, is Jesus prophesying to Peter about his death. When you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Can I can just feel his heart sink again? Man, but you were resurrected. <laughs> like I thought now we get to see everything that we dreamt of, but you're just telling me that it's about to be hard again. And he look at what Peter does in verse 20. Peter turns around sees the disciple whom Jesus loved who's writing this letter, John. The one who had leaned on his breast at supper. And Peter looks at John, looks back at Jesus and goes, but what about him? What about his race? Is he going to have to run as far as me? Is his terrain as hard as mine? Does he have as many people cheering for him? Is he going to beat me? And it is not until Jesus ascends and they wait in that upper room for 50 days and the Holy Spirit is poured out that then Peter becomes the man that he wanted to be. By the Holy Spirit, By the spirit of Jesus living inside of Peter, all of a sudden he becomes the zealous man that he wanted to be. He becomes the man that Jesus saw when you've returned. Strengthen your brothers. Why? Because we cannot do this on our own. Open the eyes of my heart. Listen, that the Holy Spirit inside of you is magnetized to look at Jesus. It is, it is a new operating system that will give you an endurance, not your own. I want you to look at two scriptures, uh, 2 Thessalonians, uh, what is it? There it is. Look at this. May the Lord direct your heart. Remember there's eyes in your heart? May the Lord direct your heart to God's love and Christ's endurance. Not Larissa's endurance. Aaron, it's not your endurance. It's... Whose endurance? It's Christ. The author and the finisher. The pioneer and the perfecter. It's his endurance inside of you. Oh, by faith, I want you to hear me today. You have the endurance of Christ in you. I want you to see something. In the book of Revelation, let me set this up. The same... Disciple John wrote the book of Revelation. He's 96, they think, when he wrote this book. All the other apostles have been martyred. All the dudes that he ran with, all martyred. History tells us that they tried to murder John by boiling him in oil. But he didn't die. And so they exiled him to the island of Patmos. He is 96. And I want you to see what he writes. I, John, your brother and partner in the affliction, kingdom, and the what? The endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Listen, I have, (laughs) I'm confident John knew that his endurance ran out a long time ago. And here he is, 96, all his buddies are gone. He's about to have the craziest encounter. That's the only part of scripture that like, not the only, but it's like the book that is forward-looking. Are you with me? And he says, hey, I'm all but myself out here. I'm old, all my friends are gone, and my Lord is gone, but I have the endurance of Christ. So when we're called to run the race that's marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who both began something and already finished it. I'm telling you, when I have times where I feel gut-punched in my faith, I'm like, Holy Spirit, turn my eyes. Turn my eyes turn my eyes, fix my eyes, fix my eyes. That's why we make such a big deal of communion here because we constantly want to set the Lord before you that your eyes would be fixed on him. That your eyes would be fixed on the author and the finisher. I want you to see the second part of, yeah, thank you. Can you put the, um, the next verse of Hebrews 12 up? Ah, uh, Look at this. For, uh, uh, the one before verse two. Thank you. For the joy that lay before him He endured. I've been asking him, Lord, what was your joy? What was the joy? What was John's joy? What was Peter's joy? All these guys that had all these promises and like saw the power of God crazily move through their hands. What was the joy before him that they were all martyred? Hey, we like saw all the signs and wonders, and then I died. <laughs> what was the joy? I want you to look at in, I want you to look at something in Second Peter with me, because Peter actually calls to mind the word that the Lord gave him. This is his last letter that he wrote. He was probably this was. He was maybe in his 60s when he wrote this. Don't you theologians get mad at me. I think he was in his 60s when he wrote this. Look at 2 Peter chapter one, verse five. He says, mind you, he's about to die. He's writing all the most important things he can think of. For this very reason, make every effort Oh, there is no striving, but make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with Love. Skip down to verse 12. I want you to see why he's saying this. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you, or he says, I will always remind you about these things. Even though you know them and you're established in the truth you now have, I think it's right as long as I am in this bodily tent. Remember? He's remembering what Jesus said to him. It's right that I wake you up with a reminder since I know that I will soon lay aside my tent as our Lord Jesus has indeed made clear to me. And I will also make every effort so that you're able to recall these things at any time after my departure. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm gonna make sure you write this down And that Larissa Miller in 2023 reads it so that she can have endurance, so that she can fix her eyes on Jesus, so that she can know my story. I'm in the great cloud. She can know my story, that I too, for the joy that was set before me. You know, Peter was crucified upside down. I don't even know how that works. (laughs) You're all picturing it now, aren't you? How did that work? He didn't want to have the honor of being murdered the way his Lord was. <clears throat> but I've been asking, Lord, what was the joy? If it's not like, if it's not all the things that I wanted to happen, what about all my, what about those, those things that I prayed that didn't get answered the way that I wanted? What is my what is my joy set before me? Because if I can know that, then I'm running. What was his joy? I wanna I wanna propose today that whatever the joy was for Jesus is the same joy for me. And that this is not the ethereal, weird, hard to grasp joy of the Lord that is your strength. But it's actually something, the joy that was set before him. He saw something that was worth going through it all. And I need to know what that was. So I want you to look at John chapter 17. This is his high priestly prayer right before he leaves, kind of like Peter, he's like, he's saying all the important things. And he's praying, and he's praying for his disciples here. Ha ha ha. 17 verse 13, he says, he's talking to his father. Now listen, I don't know like how exactly it looked, but I know that all those disciples were listening. Right, because they were all in that room together and John wrote it down. So just to picture the setting, right? I don't know exactly, you know, were they at the table? I don't know, you know, but he's praying and they're all there. He's talking to the Father, they're all there. Yes? And he says in verse 13, now I'm coming to you, talking to his Father, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy completed or fulfilled in them. All these guys are gonna give their lives for the gospel. All these guys have a painful ending, glorious, and they have a painful journey. But Jesus is like, Father, I'm praying that they would have my joy actually completed or fulfilled in them. And then I want you to see, I want you to see like what his ultimate desire was. Put up verse 24. He says, father, now he's praying for all of us. Hey, say Jesus prayed for me. Look at what he prayed. He says, Father, I want those you have given me. Everybody raise your hand and say, that's me. (laughs) I want those you've given me to be with me where I am so that they will see my glory which you have given me because you loved me before the world's foundation, they had something they wanted us in on. They have something they want us in on. And it is a joy set before us that, that dims every other joy. It is, they shouldn't even be called the same word. For you to know that you were the joy set before him, the unbroken fellowship and communion with you was the joy set before him and is today the joy set before us. Are you guys following me? <laughs> Listen. (laughs) I know the end of the story. I'm coming up. I'm coming up leaning. I'm coming up leaning. Misty Edwards has this old song um. And there's this phrase she says: "If you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win." She has this beautiful. I would go look it up if you want. It's called "I knew what I was getting into." Ooh. If you don't quit, you win. Listen. I because of the role that I play, I know a lot of people's stuff in this room. <laughs> Not a lot, but I know some stuff. And I just want to tell you, they're still in this room. They're still running. The righteous falls seven times, but what? They get up. Listen, our 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 beloved King David, whose throne Jesus sits on, committed adultery and murder. But he didn't quit because his heart was tender toward his God. He repented. If you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win. And so here's, here's the exhortation today. It's in this last part of our, our reading in verse, is it three or four? Uh, four. No, three, there you go. Consider him. Can you put up the definition of consider? To consider, to estimate or to contemplate. It's worth pointing out, like, it's not, it's not consider, consider the kingdom of heaven so that you don't grow weary. It's not consider whatever. It's, it's specific. Consider Him. Contemplate Him. So that what? So that you... Don't grow weary and give up. Meaning the devil is prowling and he would like to wear you down so that you grow weary and you give up and you stop letting the eyes of your heart look to Jesus. You forget that you you start thinking that it's up to you. You know, this this word actually that you so consider him so that you don't grow weary and or grow discouraged in your souls. This word weary, it's very interesting. It's only used in two places. The other place it's used is in James chapter five. In James chapter five where it says, if any one of you is sick, same word. Well, what am I saying? I'm saying maybe... Maybe a weary soul is a sick soul. If any one of you is sick, call the elders of the church to anoint you with oil. Consider him. Consider him. Consider him. Man, when I don't know what to do and I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm disappointed, so disappointed, I just say, Holy Spirit, help me consider him. Consider him. Consider, how, it's like, Larissa, what are you saying? I'm saying like, consider him. Consider him that before the foundation of the world, he was there making a plan to redeem you. Consider him who was born of a virgin in a manger. Consider him that when the angel came, he said, I bring you good news of great joy. Consider him when he was performing miracles. When he healed the woman with the issue of blood, consider him when he's going to the garden and he says, not my will, but yours be done. Consider him when he's up on the cross and he says, it's finished. Or when he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Or when, when they get to see him with his holes in his hands and his feet, consider him. Consider him now exalted at the right hand of the Father and in glory, consider him. Man, and your heart, finds strength that you can't find on your own. It's a supernatural exchange. Consider him. The heart never gains strength by considering any other thing or one. Isn't that awesome? I'd like for us to run through that chute together, right? Some of us are gonna go sooner than others. And I want us to run the race that's been marked out for us. And so I, if I can get the prayer team to come up, if I can get uh, someone to hop on the keys, that'd be great. I wanna give you a few, like these guys are actually gonna have oil um, in reference to that James 5 scripture. I want you to listen carefully. I know, like, I know they're gonna put up the sign to go kids, but just hang tight. Because if you sat through this whole thing and you never did business with God, you'd be wasting your time. So here's what I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit. Where am I weary and discouraged? where have my eyes gotten off of you where are my eyes fixed on me or on the person a few lanes down the track this is the here's the phrase the Holy Spirit spoke to me he said there are ones who are sidelined with shame The you feel you have disqualified yourself and you are paying penance on the sideline. And the Lord says, let's not waste any more time there. Where am I weary and discouraged in my soul? Where have my eyes been looking to my own strength, my own zeal, my own ability to endure? Where, has my, where have I put joy before me that will come up short? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes. On your worst day, you were the joy set before him. On your, in your ugliest moment, your ugliest thought, your grossest feeling, in your unbelief, in your faithlessness, you were the joy set before him. I want to invite you to whisper back to him. I am the joy, Lord. Let your gaze rest here, Jesus. And let me lift mine to you. Let your gaze rest here, Jesus. We consider, we, consider we consider you we consider you we consider you we consider you Jesus we consider you you've set eternity in our hearts and we turn them toward you we consider you you are the joy lord you are the joy lord you jesus are the joy you are the joy you with the father and the spirit bringing us into communion it's you you are the joy the fellowship Fellowship, you are the joy, you are the joy, you are the joy, and I'm your joy, and you're my joy. You are the joy, God. Oh just yield yourself to let the Lord tell you you are the joy that was set before me. It's my delight to wash you, cleanse you, refresh you, strengthen you renew you thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord oh the joy of the lord is my strength oh just keep this atmosphere but if you want to be prayed for if your heart is weary or discouraged we want to pray for you we want to anoint you with oil so you can come up but we'll just maintain this atmosphere and honor the Lord and how he's touching hearts but we would love to pray with you